Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome all of our online viewers, those of you that are watching online, perhaps you're listening on our podcast. We consider you a part of this family. Hope Covenant, would you welcome our online viewers and listeners? And I say this every week, and I'll say it again, that if you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home, won't we, Hope Covenant Church? We've been saying this, that the choices I make will determine the person that I will become. It's all about choices. And to make it legal, I've been giving you this verse from Proverbs chapter 2, verse 11, that wise choices will watch over you and understanding. And I'm praying that the Lord would pour this out over us today. will keep you safe. I'm praying that God would open the eyes and ears of your, open, your understanding that you would begin to hear and sense the Lord and Holy Spirit come and speak to you. And so, Father, we just ask right now, Holy Spirit, come and speak to us this morning as we deliver your word and as we look at your word. Come and change us, Lord. I thank you. These would not just be words on a page that we read or just another message, but Lord, that this would be a divine appointment with you this morning, that you would shake us to our very core and awaken us with your principle of love because you are love. And we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Last few weeks, we've been discussing different godly choices based on how we live. And I love this. A.W. Tozer says, the driver on the highway is not safe when he reads the signs, but rather when we obey the signs that are on the road. And we've been talking about the key of obedience. And I want to talk about this thing about love. There's a beautiful passage of scripture in 1 John verse 4. Uh, chapter 4, sorry, verse 7 to 11. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. We probably all know that one. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we ought surely to love each other. So love is a choice and we choose to share God's love. I don't care if you've been walking with the Lord 80 years and you're here and you going, well, this is a simple message. I know all about love. That's cool. And you know, this is kind of simplistic guys. How many of you know that when you step into the revelation of God, there's, he's never done revealing things to us. The cool part about the Bible is you could read it 80 billion times and read it again. And God will reveal something to you about you that you need that that scripture applies to your life. And this thing about love, I was checking myself this week in many different encounters with people that I was having, all the EGRs, I call them, the extra grace required people that God's placed in my life to help grow me. How many of you know the scripture says iron sharpens iron? If all you're hanging out with is people that you like and there's not somebody rubbing you the wrong way, you need to expand your audience and ask God to give you people that rub you wrong so you can see if you're really living it. 
Love is a choice. So I want to recap this in 1 John 4. We read in verse 8 that God is love. It doesn't say that love is God. It says the definition is that God is love. It's important that we don't get that order messed up, and I want to hit on that. If we, if we confuse that love is God, if that's your definition, you'll end up doing things like this. Liz and I, we've walked through some, some loss this year. And we've been really struggling with, uh, okay, God, how many of you know when you lose somebody, it's like, why? That's the immediate question. Or you're dealing with something and you go, why? When love is your God, you end up connecting your will with love. You end up connecting, well, this should have happened. Why did this happen? How many of you know he's got the whole world in his hands and there's things we're never going to understand until we see him face to face? There will be revelation when we see God face to face. I have so many questions for God. Why did this happen? Why did I lose a brother? Why did this person lose this, this person in their life? Why is this person? It's oftentimes lost that we pause and immediately we go, God, why? And oftentimes we go to blaming God. If love is God, we're in big trouble. Because we will connect our will with it and start giving God our agenda of how things should have been. But how many of you know he knows so much better? If his ways are perfect, and they are, he knows better even when we don't understand. We've got to trust that's, again, faith. Lordship, when he's our authority, not just our Savior, says God is love. But if all you're looking for is a Savior and you want Burger King God, you want to have it your way, you end up saying, no, love is God. And this is what God, just so you know, this is my menu. This is my Burger King menu. I'd like number five. This is how this should look. Can I tell you, I've jacked it up every time I've done that because his ways are so perfect and he knows so much better. Years ago, Liz and I were leaving Texas and our season, we believed, was cut short. And I was declaring that. And one day the Lord said to me, you keep declaring that your season in Texas was cut short and that you ended up going to North Carolina and that you wanted to be in Texas. But I need you to start listening to what you're saying. You wanted to be in Texas. That's not where I wanted you. And how many of you know that he uses and works all things together to the good of those that love him? So you think you're supposed to go left, but he goes right. What is that? It's man makes his plans, but God is, brings the ordination to our steps. So I might think I'm supposed to be going forward, and he says reverse, and I don't understand this. Is love God or is God love? I'm asking that. It's rhetorical. You don't have to answer. That's okay. But how many of you are, are tracking with this? God's timing may have protected the person that we lost from things that we don't understand. I was reading this verse in Isaiah going back to loss. Isaiah 57, 1. I never read this verse like this in the New Living. It says, good people pass away. The godly often die before their time, but no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. And I went, what? What, so, so are you protecting that person from something? Like, we don't understand, but if we understand that God is love, everything that he does, and I'm not saying that God is the cause of every death, but I'm saying scripture says he works all things together for the good according to those that love him. So I have to trust his ordination even when it's painful. That he's developing something in me, that he's doing something. It's his purposes in my life that he's shaping something that I can't see. 
Well, I don't know that I trust that. There's times I don't know that I trust it either when I'm in the flesh. But then Holy Spirit starts dealing with me and I go, oh, okay, your ways are good. Okay, I surrender all. I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender. Everybody, what's that last word? All. Not just some things, all things. Love is the very essence of God. He is love. It's his essence. Verse 10, it says that God loves us. This isn't something that's accomplished by merit. We can't earn it. You guys have all probably heard this. God loved us before we were even aware of this thing. Before we were even aware of him, he loved us. He formed us, and even that in and of itself was an act of love. Verse 11, and I love this, we love others. God did not love you. I've been saying this every week that it's Holy Spirit and God. It's not a lake. It's not meant to be confined. It's a river. It's meant to flow out of you into other people. We are ministers. How many of you know I'm not the minister here today? We're all the ministers. Yeah, don't write the check and expect me to do it. I'm not here to fulfill the work of the gospel. I'm here. This is what the church is, is by the way. It's, it, this is the purpose of the church. I'm here to equip you to go do the work of the ministry. That's it. I want to see you succeed and outshine me. I am not up here to be a rock star. And guys, if I ever do it, leave and go to another church. I am not up here to be a rock star pastor. I'm up here to promote the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, get you to connect with him in worship and enjoy his presence and let him shape you and mold you and speak to you about what he wants in his will, hoping that you'll surrender and lay that down and that God will mightily use you for his purposes. I'm preaching better than y'all are amen, but that's all right. We're all called to display God's love. The love of God always seeks to give. It'll happen automatically. When you experience the love of God, you'll want to give that and sow that to somebody else. I liken it to Christmas time. I love Christmas. But I, I have, when I was a kid, it was all about, yeah, I love my Hess trucks. I love these things that I'm going to get. What am I going to get? What am I going to open? And then as I got in touch with the Holy Spirit, it became, no, what am I going to give? We're supposed to be a giver. We should be releasing what we've received. But I want to look at the opposite of love. And there's amazing revelation. And those of you that have been walking with the Lord for years and years and years and years and years, there might even be some revelation in this for you. The opposite of love is hate. We all know that. How does hate happen? Often and most times, hate stems from hurt or betrayal. A betrayal is an ultimate abandonment of a relationship. It hurts. Guys, we've all probably experienced that where somebody's walked away from a relationship or, or maybe you've walked away from a relationship and it's painful that way too. A betrayal is when I seek my benefit or protection at the expense of one I have a relationship with. A betrayal can lead to hatred if it's undealt with. This is why, and guys, married couples, everybody in here, I'm encouraging you, if there's unforgiveness, the Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Let me explain to you what that means. Liz and I have made it a practice because we're both two very strong personalities, uh, extremely strong personalities. We're both headstrong. And so how many of you know that makes arguments super awesome? But we have made it a point 
that we will not allow the sun to go down on our anger. And what I mean by that is we are not going to bed and going to sleep until things are resolved. That means 530 in the morning many times. And that's where you learn how happy you are about this covenant that God's created. That's where there's iron that's sharpening iron. And so we've decided years ago when we first got married, we're never throwing out the D word. Divorce is not an option. We've decided that we're never doing the whole you're sleeping on the couch thing. Number one, I'm not sleeping on the couch. There's that. Okay. And not having it. And I don't want Liz sleeping on the couch. No, we're going to sleep together. And I sense the conviction of the Lord in this room right now over some of you. Here's the great part about this. There's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. When you repent, you grab the hand of the person you're in covenant relationship with God. We just repent and we ask for a cleansing right now. Wash us and cleanse us. And I thank you, Lord. You know the narrative. You know the direction we're supposed to be going in. And you know that we need to display this thing called love. And you know I lack it. So Holy Spirit, we need you. It's the joy of the Lord that's our strength, right? How many of you know it's not your joy, it's the joy of the Lord? How many of you know it's not your love, it's the love of the Lord? And when we, when we get our identity and, and allow it to be saturated in his presence, it becomes his identity. So you do end up becoming a lover. That's how that works. Some of you need to get your sponges wet. You need to just get under the spout where the glory and the love would pour out. You go, oh, that's really cheesy. No, it's, I'm, I'm saying I want you to get this today, that you are called to be a lover. The Greek word for hatred means loveless. In the last days, and this is where it's so important that we display this right now. In the last days, it says many will be offended. Undealt with offense often leads to betrayal. Remember I talked about a couple weeks ago that when there's an issue or a conflict in a relationship, our natural tendency is to go separate ways. But that doesn't resolve anything. We've got to lean into the awkwardness. We've got to lean into the problem and address this no matter how long it takes and let that thing marinate in the Holy Ghost so that there, it's not my will. It's now, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And that's, it's a dying to self to live for Christ. You want to resolve something? you got to die to self. And this is not just married couples, by the way. This is anybody who has a conflict. It's going to take a dying to self. It's going to take a laying down your will to become the person that he's destined for you to become. So an undealt with heart that goes through betrayal can end up in hatred. In the last days, it says many will be offended. And check this out. This is where the revelation comes in. Matthew 24, verse 10 to 13. And here's the danger with offense. And many will be offended. This is talking about the last days. By the way, this is the word, red letter words of Jesus. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and many will hate one another. How many of you are seeing a little bit of that right now when you flip on the news? Then... This gets better. That's New York sarcasm right there. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. This is why we, the church, have to preserve unity. It's got to be our highest priority. We say this in New York. Get over yourself. You go, that's a little strong. Not as strong as it's going to get. Let's keep reading. It gets better. The devil's trying to create every kind of schism he can in these last days, every kind of issue he can. By the way, a schism is a split or division caused by a difference in opinion or belief. 
Oh, we just went there. Ooh, I felt that one right there. Because even preachers have got to get away from inserting their opinion. Can we get back to the word of God? I don't care, preacher, about your political stance. I don't care. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent. No, we need to get back to what does Scripture say. By the way, while we're on that subject, when I preach righteousness and it ends up identifying with a political value, do not tell me I got political. We're preaching the word, and if it applies and the shoe fits, we're going to do it because it's the word of God that brings freedom, and we need freedom. Can I get a witness from somebody who's with me? I will not let the enemy hogtie me and make me feel like I can't speak truth. I don't care what society says. I had a government official try to set me up this week on the issue of homosexuality and was asking me about the definition and, and what I believe. And I was like, oh, I, I recognize this booby trap. And I said it like this. I said, I, we believe that marriage is the constitution of one man and one woman in the unity and the covenant relationship that God has destined. That's what we believe. Okay, but what do you believe about homosexuality? I don't know that you heard me. We believe that marriage is defined between one man and one. Am, am I, does anybody hear me? Is this mic on? And I kept repeating it. How many of you know repetition is revelation? So I just kept going with it. And this person's twice my age, and, and I left, and they go, I got to say you're good. I said, I got to say you're good. You tried to trap me. I said, but here's the deal. Scripture is scripture is scripture, and I refuse to quit preaching the truth of the gospel because of what the political agenda is and this spirit of antichrist that's trying to come on things, and then you go ahead and call me political. And the same people in the church that get upset when I get political are going ahead and rooting on the NBA for all of their opinions. What does that tell you? It's an antichrist spirit. Rebuke it. Get up in its face and say no in Jesus' name. You go, oh, well, you're bold, pastor. We all got to pray for an increase in boldness. It's the truth that sets us free. If you are running away from the truth that sets us free, you're running away from freedom. All right, I'm a little passionate. I'm going to calm down and stop. Y'all have me yelling this morning. (laughs) So check this out, a schism, a split or division caused by difference in opinion or belief. If the enemy can keep us all offended, he can deceive us. If he can deceive us, he can defeat our purpose. An offended heart is a breeding ground for deception. And here's the problem with deception. When you're deceived, you don't know it because you're dealing with deception. That's the problem with deception. You go, well, that was profound. The person who is deceived believes with all their heart they're right when in reality they're wrong. We call that in my house. My dad used to go strong and wrong. I could see him saying it. I would, I would talk to him about things. He'd go, Adam, I love you, but you're strong and wrong. And I would go, well, dad, maybe you're wrong. He goes, I've got some life experience. You know, that's cool. You know, and, and he didn't take it as disrespect. My, my dad allowed me to challenge him because he knew over time I would realize just how stupid I was. <laughs> Age will do that. And he's sitting back there with a big old smile on his face. Love you, Dad. (laughs) Check this out, verse 12. I can't wait till I'm your age and I can just sit in the chair and smirk at my son and go, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. 
Check this out. Here's where the revelation. I was jolted when I read this. The Greek word for lawlessness is anemia. And anemia means a heart that is not submitted to the authority of God, period. That's what that means. It's a heart that is not submitted to the authority of God. So check this out. We're going to do some math in here. How many of you like math? I don't. So, but check this out. When you develop thought processes that are not in submission to the will of God and you entertain them, you, wel- you welcome, you invite lawless thinking. How many of you would agree that we see lawlessness in society right now? A ton of it. We saw it this week. Here is the scary thing about this verse, though. Jesus is not talking about society. He's talking about the church. You go, hold on. He's talking about the church when it comes to lawlessness. Check this out. The Greek word that he's using isn't phileo, which means, how many of you know there's some Greek words that describe love? It isn't phileo that he's talking about, which is an affectionate love. He's referring to the Greek word agape love. Agape love is the love of God, which Jesus says we cannot receive apart from him. So he's referring to the church. Did you guys do the math there? Did you get that? Verse 13, but he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all of the nations. And then the end will come. So you don't look at an unbeliever and say, if you endure the race, you'll be saved because they haven't even started the race. This is a strong message that Jesus is giving the church. He's saying, walk in love and that will keep your heart clear and keep you sober minded. I'm going to say that again. This is a message Jesus is giving us that when we walk in love, it keeps our hearts and our minds sober and pure. This is an instrument that will bring clarity to society. We don't need another hater sipping on haterade that's calling themselves a Christian. That's counterfeit. That's not, that's not the character of Jesus. Right. No. No, we need people that are willing to lay down their will and their opinions and their political stances and walk in love. It doesn't mean you compromise your standards. It doesn't mean you change your belief. You know who you are in Christ, but the demonstration of the character of God, it goes way beyond all of that. So this is a strong message Jesus is giving us. What kills the plan of the enemy? Very simply, when we walk in love. I told y'all I had some, some protesters out here on the front lawn. I think I told you. Maybe I didn't tell you. But we had some protesters out here on the front lawn of the church that were holding up signs, and it was, it was all about abortion. And, and I, I walked on. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I ended up having to get the police involved, and it could have gotten rowdy. And I went, and I, I told my parents later about what happened, and the police had the situation cleared out pretty quickly. But how many of you know they're targeting churches right now? Um, and so we're a target and, and these messages are online and people can hear them and your pastor's a target and I've gotten some hate mail and that's okay. How many of you know we're, we're, we're making an impact, we're making a difference and that's good. Every piece of hate mail I get, I go, thank you, Jesus, we're making an impact. But our response, you need to pause when you're confronted with something and you, the Bible says, keep your enemy close. Why does it say that? Well, the Bible also says to love your enemy. We're supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to display love. So I went and I called my parents and I told them about this whole thing. And my mom goes, well, did you offer them water? Did you, I mean, they were, they were, and they were, and now they were protesting. They were, and they were here trying to make a statement against what we believe. And I said, uh, well, no, I didn't. And she said, well, maybe you ought to think about that. 
Okay, mom. She's not even here to defend herself. This is the best conversation I've ever had with y'all about mom. But I said, well, what, what, what do you propose? She said, next time you see them out there, love on them. Because it's his kindness that leads them to repentance. And I sat there and I went, shoot. I thought I was pastor in this church and she just showed me what was up. How many of you know the Lord, if he's not speaking to you every day and drawing you closer, if, when you draw closer, your character becomes more like his. When Holy Spirit speaks to you and you're convicted, and we quickly in this generation, when we start to hear the Lord, and he starts to share us things that are his will and not our will, we go, oh, that's condemnation. I don't know why I put the lisp on. That was extra. That was free. I don't want you to experience any condemnation this morning. I want you to experience the conviction, though. I've got a calling to provoke you to righteousness. We've got to be a people that are driven and motivated by love. The love of God will convict you to live differently and display a different character than you naturally would. You go, well, it's my personality. You know what? God trumps your personality. In fact, God formed your personality. He knows who you are and why you are the way you are. And the medicine to my character flaws is get in the presence of Holy Spirit and experience his love. I feel the Lord right now. And I'm asking every one of you that are here, why don't you just close your eyes and just say, Lord, I need you to speak to me. So here's the second part of this prophetic word. With every eye closed, just you and Jesus. Some of you have been lacking peace. And it's because your character hasn't lined up. You're going, what do I do? Get into the presence of the Lord. One of our core values, I'm writing out core values as a church right now. And the Holy Spirit said, make repentance one of them because it's the key to where you can literally encounter the change. Repentance, we've made it a dirty word. It's a wonderful word. Because when I repent and I get on my knees and I say, Holy Spirit, I need you to change this person right here who's all kinds of jacked up in my will. And I need you to move in my life. And he begins to breathe on me and he begins to form me and he begins to shape me. And all of a sudden I am supernaturally becoming somebody I don't even have to try to become because he did the work. I don't know about that. I don't, how does that work? How does that happen? You get into the presence and you marinate in Holy Ghost. And he starts working on your heart. You start having dreams. I had a dream about somebody that was, I mean, this person has ticked me off. And last night the Lord was even showing me, he said, look, you're getting ready to speak about love. I want you to call that person and love on them. And I walked in here this morning and my mom had no, about, no idea about the dream that I had last night. And she said, do you know so-and-so called me and asked me about you? And it was asking me about this and that about your life. They, she had no idea. And the Holy Spirit said, there you go. There's your answer. See, Holy Spirit started talking to me. And he started talking to this person. And we're going to have a conversation this week. So here's what I want to ask you with every eye closed. Who is it that you need to be a minister of reconciliation and approach that person and say, I have been wrong. Forgive me. Well, I don't really know if what I did was wrong. I have been wrong, even if it's just how you felt about that person. Because there's amazing work that happens 
when you demonstrate humility, and it flows and it operates out of love because you've been marinating and baptized in the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden you're not doing it in your strength. Father, I thank you that you're turning all things around. And Father, that we would lead this in our character. Agape love, the unconditional love. That's what that word means, unconditional love, the love of God. Father, let us display unconditional love, love without conditions. That we would display your very character and that we would look more and more like your image in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, would you shout amen? How many of you would say, I've been convicted by this today? Yeah. I hope you were, because I was. Your pastor drove in here and grabbed the hand of Liz, and I said, Liz, pray over me. I've, I need this, because this, this is an emotional thing for me, because I believe that love is the answer. Because I believe God is the answer. And God is love. You believe that? Lord, I thank you that we would have the best week ever as we display your character, as we look more and more like you in your image. God, change us. We ask you for a change and an awakening in the mighty name of Jesus over each of us. If you believe that, we just shout amen. And we do want to also recognize, before I let all of you guys go, anybody who's, who's lost anybody, it's Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, we oftentimes say Happy Memorial Day, but how many of you know we're remembering those who gave their lives ultimately for this nation? And uh, so, Father, we just thank you for every family, every, every, every veteran family, every, every family that, that has lost someone. They've laid their lives down for this wonderful nation that we live in. And, Lord, I thank you that you administer their hearts. I thank you, Lord. You're, you are who you are, which is a comforter and a friend. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. Guys, I love y'all. I, th- I hope you have the greatest weekend ever. And uh, many of you enjoy your day off um, tomorrow. And we'll see you next Sunday. See you guys. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.